welcome you to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan, and I'm here in person, in person. with Trent. <laughs> this is pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, this is only our second time to be able to record actually being in the same location. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, the last time we did it was a year ago. A year ago, yeah, this like this next week, and we were in Nashville together at our our convention, the National Convention, and it's good times. Yeah, so here we are. Um, as time has con- conspired in that time, you were <laughs> we were actually on that meeting when you got a phone call and offered the position um, where you're at now. Right. And so you're coming up on a year there, and then just a couple of weeks later, I was um, selected uh, for the position I am now in. So yeah. We've been a, a a year into this. There's been a a lot of changes, and so yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good question. What do you do? You know, when you're kind of new. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been new in our churches. We've kind of had one year anniversaries before, right? And so we kind of thought we'd maybe just kind of talk about that. We mm-hmm. we got to admit we don't have a note. We just decided yeah. we'd record in person today, <laughs> yeah. but we thought this would be a really good good topic just to kind of talk through. Is is how do you kind of assess yourself one year in? Yeah, and so um, I. As we talk about this, I want to encourage you to, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about our situations, but we hope that you can gain some principles that you will um, use in your situation, whether it's one year or 20 years. Um, there's still the opportunities to evaluate and get other people to have a conversation with you. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, I think sometimes we get in a new position. We're so excited to be there. We talk about the honeymoon period and all those kinds of things. <laughs> right. um, but we don't really think about, you know, what good habits are we building? What bad habits are we building? Um, what are we missing in, in the process? So Yeah, well, and you also have to keep in mind that this is a teaching opportunity for the, other, for the people in your church. Um, and we have a teaching opportunity for the pastors that we deal with. And so... Um, don't don't forget that side of it. That's right. So, you know, Trent, as you're thinking about being in your in your new role coming up on a year here, what what are maybe some of the things that that um, have been most on your mind? Well, um, you know, it's we moved from uh, Oklahoma to Missouri, and so there was a lot of culture change um, and getting to know a lot of pastors. That's both Alan and I's ministry is to um, minister to pastors um, and entire churches as well. But but we really do focus on ministry to ministers. And uh, so getting to know those people and developing those relationships has been a big deal to me for the last year. Um, That my wife would say the same thing for her, getting to know the ministry wives as well. How about you, Alan? Yeah, I mean, I think the context, you mentioned context. We talk a lot. I've noticed um, my leadership team and I, we talk about context a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, one of our values that we're working on with our association is no one understands East Texans like an East Texan. Yeah. The cool part is, is that I've only been here a year, but I'm now considered an East Texan. So, (laughs) you know, it took a lot longer, I think. Mm -hmm. That is, again, difference in context. So, you know, more welcomed here. Mm-hmm. It took a lot longer in Colorado to kind of break into the culture there. Yeah. So it is different parts of the of the country have a different different aspect on that. You know, I think a lot of it too is getting to know pastors, getting mm-hmm. to know churches, um, getting to know um, the area mm-hmm. um, because I, I have you know three counties 
of churches and that right. that's it's a huge area and there's still some I still don't know how to get to some of my churches. Yeah, and you have a huge number of churches that are in your association. But we just got to have lunch with one of the pastors from your association, and and as we were talking at lunch, we we got we crossed the topic of culture and the change of culture because he had been a a church planter and moved to this area, and so there is a different culture for me. I mean, I'm in Missouri, and so this is a different culture than I'm used to. Uh, in Missouri, so yeah. What was one of the first things when you when you first got got here today? You were t you had said I've forgotten something. Yeah, I, as we as I was driving in, my folks live uh, north of here a couple hours, and and so um, as I was driving in, I was noticing that the churches here are huge. I mean, comparatively to what some other people may not think so, but compared to the churches in Missouri, these are huge buildings um probably a whole lot larger um congregations as well yes and we don't have a lot of super large congregations but compared to where you're at i mean you know we have plenty plenty of churches that are larger than what we would call a normal size sure um, baptist church and then and two i mean many of them have been around so long they own their properties mm -hmm. during times of health they built onto their properties so there's a lot there's a lot that's gone into that so oh, yeah. so absolutely i think the size of the properties you know is is different the expectations and the involvement mm -hmm. in the communities is a little bit different because right. because a lot of these churches here are more embedded culturally right um than than they are in other places and have had times of great influence over the years well and what as you're saying that alan i'm thinking you know the churches that i have in my association are, are smaller but they've been there longer uh most of the churches here may have been around for 20 30 years i don't know there may have been some quite a bit longer uh but in our association i have churches that have been there 150 mm -hmm. years you know um i can tell you two or three that have celebrated 150 years and they're you know they're in small communities um and so and i also think that in the place where i'm at the people are a whole lot less transient than they are here there's people moving in all the time and, and the, this area is growing quite a bit more I would say than the area that I'm living in, and we certainly have some pockets of growth that are are are, are rapid rapidly coming this direction. Mm. Um, I think our landscape here is going to be kind of shifting, but that's I think that's something you have to be aware of and you have to be mindful of when you're looking a year in. What has what has surprised you? What has what has not surprised you? I mean, I think those are important questions. I think. We have to think about those things. So, you know, has anything really caught you by surprise that you weren't expecting? <laughs> the pace of life. <laughs> um, uh, my wife has to remind me because I'm used to driving fast and getting to places fast. And and uh, the pace of life in Missouri is seems to be small or slower, not smaller, but slower in my area than I'm, I was expecting. So that's been a big surprise for me. How about you? Yeah, I think the the how hard it is in the here we are in East Texas near Christian colleges, seminaries, uh, all kinds of stuff to find people hmm. uh, to find ministry leaders. That's by far been the biggest surprise. I I did not realize it would be so hard to find to find qualified and capable ministry leaders. Hmm. 
So I say that, and we don't have, right now, most of my churches have pastors. I think I'm down to, uh, I believe at, at count, I've got two without right now out of, oh, yeah. out of 90 plus churches. Mm. But that's a, that's seems kind of odd, but I have a huge crowd for worship leaders mm -hmm. and student ministry leaders who can work by vocationally or, or on a volunteer basis. Mm -hmm. So that that's by far been, been my biggest surprise. So when you're thinking about surprises, you know, when you kind of looking back in your career, maybe what are some other things that caught you by surprise and some of your other, mm -hmm. as you evaluated when you went to a, a new church, what did you, what surprised you when you went there? After all? Well, you know, I've been in several places just as you have. And I, I would say, you know, that every, every place you have a quote honeymoon period um, and so sometimes the surprise is that that may not last very long. Right. Uh, you know, you may have to deal with crises or conflict a whole lot quicker than you expected. Um, you know, and in the, our current situations, the surprise has been, um, you know, just the, the amount of travel. And that's been a big surprise for me. I, I 2000 miles a, a month and I'm just going all the time. Um, but in, you know, in previous ministry positions, like you said, finding people to do the ministry um, in a local church setting, I would say that um, finding volunteers, you know, you may have a vision for the ministry and how to move forward, but have you been able to find them, the volunteers to help make that ministry possible? Oh, that's a good one. You know, I think that's something I would think about um, into my second church. My first church, my first church, I kind of take the attitude of, they did me a favor by hiring me. You know, <laughs> yeah. they didn't need me. Uh, uh, they they could have handled it probably on their own. I, I I was, I was just the guy that preached for them, and they put up with me. Um, so when I took my second church, you know, uh, I I was in a situation where I realized that there was much less lay leadership in that church. Oh yeah. And so I had to start thinking: How do I train and equip? this church and i also come from a church where um there was a need need and they would just give the money for it mm -hmm. and they yeah. didn't do a budget so in my first church it was we need to have some systems in place where we can have a budget and have a plan right my second church was was well we we don't know who's going to do anything so why should we have a plan for it mm -hmm. so, you know so um just different different experiences but right. i really had to dig in on that second one um with that and of course you mentioned um you mentioned the honeymoon period in my in my church in colorado there was no honeymoon i mean oh, we we really jumped straight into to issues i went to a church knowing it had issues but i didn't know it had the issues that it had mm -hmm. so i was surprised that maybe there were some structural yeah. internal structural issues that caught me off guard. I thought the big issue was we needed to build mm -hmm. and they hadn't been able to accomplish that. But right. I didn't know there was kind of a civil war mm -hmm. um, within the church. Well, and I, you probably had the same experience that I did. You know, when you first moved to a place, the first thing they say to you is, hey, we need to build, but need to dig in deeper to find out what's really going on, if that's really the need. Um, because I always had the same experience, you know, that everybody said when we moved to our church in Oklahoma, hey, we need to build. And we did eventually, but it took a lot of digging, especially that first year, to find out, because there was some turmoil, you know, that needed to be, I guess, 
unearthed, uh, brought to light so that you could deal with it. And so I think that's a big part of your first year is, is finding out what's really happening because everybody puts on their best face, their best mask when they're trying to bring in a pastor or ministry leader. And so your first year is going to be all about finding out the real story. And there always is a story. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, what has the story told you a year, a year into that? And so, yeah, the story, the story isn't always the story that you, that you heard. And we hear that one a lot. I yeah. mean, I think there's, there's a lot of pastors I've talked with who are new in their roles. And, and I think the question is, so did you know this? Mm -hmm. right. Are you surprised with that? Right. Like, no. <laughs> um, well, that's not what they said. Yeah. And they may not know either. I mean, True. Sometimes the churches don't even really understand their own story. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes it's, it's all about developing trust. Um, and it takes a while to develop that trust so that people will talk to you about their real feelings about the church and what's happening there. I think so, you know, that you can't unearth, unearth those stories and find out what the truth about what's going on. And sometimes until you develop the trust with the people that are in your church. And so that may be a surprise for you as you're in your first year. It's like, man, I'm still trying to get to know people where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, those are great points. So what about the, the situation, you know, what you do on a, on a weekly basis? I mean, are there are there adjustments? I mean, have you thought, talked about adjustments? You, you had a meeting recently with the they called you. So maybe maybe what there were some adjustments you felt like probably needed to be made a year into this. Well, yeah. Well, how do you go about figuring those things out? Well, let me explain, I guess, kind of the reason that we had the meeting. And Alan and I have mentioned this before. Um, I think it's very important for you if you're if you come into a new position in the church that you keep that search committee as a, a group that you can meet with, especially at the end of your first year, but ho hopefully more often than that. And so that was the group that we recently had our meeting with. And I asked them because there was no, um, no way to do an evaluation, no group that was um, set up to do an evaluation. And I needed that feedback um, I needed to be able to find out what are their thoughts. Hey, how are we doing? Are we, are we meeting their expectations or are we not meeting expectations? And so, um, you know, I think that's a, a big part of the changes that we had to have that, that group that we could meet with and say, okay, what, how are you feeling about this? Because everybody, they bring in somebody and they, they have expectations that they're going to do these things, live this certain way, speak this certain way. And, um, you know, you, if you don't have that opportunity to meet with them, you'll never know what changes do need to be made. Yeah, I think that's that's what is so essential about those conversations is that we don't get enough feedback. And I think one of the hesitations you have a year into it is you don't want to find out that you're not doing well mm -hmm. as you thought you were doing. Right. So I think there's a maybe a little hesitation and having that meeting yeah. because you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to hear that. Yeah. Don't want to hear the negative stuff. Right. But what happens if it goes on five years and then you address it five years in, usually people have already developed some bad, some bad feelings mm -hmm. and bad other stuff because it hasn't been addressed. So yeah. it really is good to take care of these things. Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, and, and we do have a genuine desire to get better and to minister well in our place where God has placed us. And so you can't just kick the can down the road. You've got to be able to have a willingness and an openness, a teachable spirit that you're willing to hear sometimes the negative stuff. Hopefully there's some positive things. Um, but, um, you know, I've seen several situations where pastors and other, other business leaders, education leaders, where they weren't open to hearing the stuff that needed to be said. And so they just, you know, kept everybody at arm's length. You can't do that. That's not healthy. It's, it's going to blow up at some point. Yeah. The, you can't be a pastor and not develop some ability to hear mm-hmm. the things you need to do. I, right. I think if you're going to endure in ministry, you've got to get to a place where you're willing to have those who can speak into your life, who can help you make some course corrections in ministry. If you feel like your answers are always been the best ones and no one else can compare with you and giving answers or information, you're going to run into some, some issues. That's true. Yeah, and um, you want to give people the opportunity to say those things so that you can learn, uh, make course corrections, however that may be. And it may take some prodding to get people to talk to you because nobody likes confrontation. And sometimes they feel like if they, if they disagree, and sometimes, like you said, we're, we're uncomfortable hearing the negative stuff. Um, but you, you have to let them know, hey, I'm serious. I really do want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, because I know that my guys have already recognized. I told them I'm not good with details. Mm. They've already recognized that, so I'm not. I'm not hiding it. From, I'm not yeah. hiding it from them. But I'm also trying to be mindful of it because uh, we're not. A, we don't have administrative help at this point in time. Right. So I, I have to work harder to manage that, and I'm trying to be mindful of that. So I think there's that that give and take. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point in time, they all recognize we're probably going to. In my context, we're going to address administrative side of things mm-hmm. in the future, mm-hmm. and we know there's a day coming for that. But until that day, how do I manage it? How do they help me manage that? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do we work right. together in that? Well, and the and same can be true in a church. If if you're like Trent and I, and you don't like the admin stuff, <laughs> yeah, but you're a pastor in a small church, mm-hmm. most most churches don't have admin help. So how are you going to get some help around that? You know, is there a layperson who can help you with some of that? Or are you going to have to go into full-blown management mode and and manage that side of yourself, which you have to be very intentional about to do that? Yeah, starting that conversation with those leaders that you meet with that you said are recognizing, you know, what you told them was true. Because it doesn't matter what we say at the beginning, people still have expectations. And when those expectations aren't exactly met the way they expect them to be met there's a conversation that you have to have um and so um here we are like we said we're we're a year into this um i would encourage you if you're a a worship leader ministry leader pastor youth minister whatever ask yourself this question to begin with how are you doing how are you feeling about the ministry position is you know are you feeling good about that? It may not be that it's perfect or it's easy, but how are you feeling about yourself in this ministry position? That can be a loaded question. Yeah. 
it can be a hard question to answer sometimes. Yeah, because I think sometimes about a year in, if you had, if you have hit a conflict or something super big that was unexpected, you can be disillusioned pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd say that one year, that one year can seem like the longest year of your life if you feel like you maybe were misplaced or mismatched or, or something like that. You know, I mentioned my, my situation in Colorado. My first two years were really difficult and challenging in, in the church that I spent that I spent a significant chunk of my life in um, because we, I did not know some of the surf, uh, the issues that were under the surface. Oh, yeah. So I made the first two years really challenging, and I'll admit that there were some times I would have gone almost anywhere else. <laughs> but God had something in mind, and I needed to be patient to see what He had in mind and, right. and to be faithful in the meantime. And then God did some some beautiful things on the other side of that. So I think that's part of what we have to do, too, is say, OK, if this is as good as I think it is, how do I keep it there? Yeah. And if it's not, what do I need to do in response to that? I love that you said to be faithful in the meantime. Um, you said that you were struggling. You had a hard couple of years. Um, we have there's this myth that we hear that if things are good, they're easy. And I don't know that that's altogether true. It, it is a myth in my mind because sometimes it's hard, but it can still be good because we're still learning yeah. and that some of our people are still growing. So, uh, you know, it, it may not be easy, but it can still be good. Well, I, I know we've got a pastor nearby and um, they have his church just has, a, has had an inordinate amount of funerals over the last year and a half. Um, I mean, it's just, it seems like every time they turn their head, there's, there's another need and another individual family crisis. And yet he will, he would say that even though this has been perhaps his most challenging season in ministry that he's ever had, it's also been one of his most fruitful. Oh, yeah. And I think that there's that, that kind of give and take, you know, not everything that's hard. Yeah. Is, is bad. Right. And, and not everything, um, not everything that's bad is always challenging there's some there's some things you can get into some bad habits or or you know you could not be working hard enough or do all those things and it doesn't seem like things are that hard so you get into get into some bad habits right well and again back to the faithful in the meantime thing god may be taking you through a time where you need to learn some lessons as the leader um, you know we want <laughs> we all look at our church congregations man they really need to learn some things but we forget to look back at ourselves and and if we're faithful and are willing to hear and learn from god and from other people then we'll we will endure and we will be able to last a long time and it may be that god takes us through a long season of learning and you know are you willing to go through that and to hear and to learn what god has for you and it may take years and years and years you know there's there's been uh, pastors that I've, I've heard about, read about, that have been in their church situation for a lot of years and had very few baptisms or conversions, um, but they were faithful and they ministered to those congregations. And so it, it may not look like the way you want it to look. That happens quite a bit more than we'd like to hit, too. Right. I mean, they're... There are seasons of that. It doesn't matter how long you've been in a church. Mm -hmm. There are seasons where, you know, you feel like all you've done is help kind of water 
water the field, so to speak. And, mm. and that's okay. That's part of that's part of what we do, and that's part of of who we are with all this. So anyway, um, what other thoughts do you have about a year into things and how you kind of process everything? Well, I would, again, I would encourage you to um, make sure that you have the opportunity to meet with those people or at least some group that um, you can get some honest feedback from. Um, Alan and I, we got to meet with one of his leaders today and he's got that relationship and he can learn some things from, from, you know, several of his pastors and I've had the same opportunity, but I want to encourage you, um, don't just assume that things are smooth and going well, ask, you know, and I think it's important for us to be the ones, if nobody else is going to evaluate, that doesn't mean that we just, Ooh, we don't have to worry about it. No, instead we should be asking, say, okay, I know you're not used to doing this, but I want to take the lead and say, will you talk to me about how things are going? How you feel about the church? How you feel about the way I'm ministering? And I've almost had to force that issue from time to time, mm -hmm. because oftentimes there's not a good process in churches for, um, you know, doing pastoral reviews. And if they do, they're not over the right thing. We, we pick the wrong subject matter for that. So. Right. It is important um, to kind of set up a, some kind of process for that. One of my favorite questions is, well, you know, you can ask someone, what are three things that I'm doing well? Mm -hmm. um, and then to ask the opposite side, what are three things I'm not doing well or I need to stop doing altogether? Mm -hmm. And I think people can respond to that. I think that can be a really helpful, helpful conversation. Right. Well, and, and, you know, keep in mind, I had this experience, Alan, because I, I met with that group and we had them over for dinner and we, all of us, we had a big group, we talked. And then I gave them a form to fill out. And I, when I first did that, I didn't realize that they would need time to process. So when you ask someone to evaluate, a lot of times they need some time to think through and remember and think about their expectations. And so, um, you know, I, I offered to this group, hey, take take this with you, you know, and next week, send it to me. And that, that gave them some freedom to think about um, and to, you know, spend some time not just writing something on a paper. That's a great thought. I love, I love that. So give them time to think about it. Yeah, that's not something I'm good at. So. <laughs> yeah, none of us are. I want people to like, all right, I ask you a question, give me an answer. But. Right. Um, I don't like it when people do that to me. So that's that's a good that's a good insight on that. So anyway, you know, being a year in is exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I love I love what I do, and I know you love what you do. Oh yeah. And we want you to love your church. We want you to love being in ministry, and we want you and your church to endure. And we want you to endure together for a good long time. So. We hope that just kind of us talking through um, kind of informally today, some of the things that we've learned one year in and how we're evaluating ourselves one year in will help you um, do the same in your ministry because we want to see you last in ministry. We need you to last in ministry. God's kingdom is counting on you and needs you. So anyway, thanks for tuning in today. We are so grateful that you take time to join us and we look forward to catching you back on the next episode of the Enduring Churches Podcast.